Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Where'd you hear that? A Vulcan anthropologist told me he'd seen the ritual during an Earth expedition. They're not trying to kill the quarterback. They're just trying to keep him from throwing the ball or running with it. It's only a game, not a fight to the death. I see. You must think we're a bunch of barbarians. Your species does have a reputation, but I've always suspected the stories were exaggerated. Well, I hope you'll tell all your friends. Set the record straight. Gladly. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. Welcome to the Cultum Collective, Sans Ian, the Sixth Doctor. I'm afraid he's not with us today. He's uh, doing dramatic work with his family, and we wish him well on that. But uh, we've got, nonetheless, a action-packed, uh, a game of two halves, a podcast of uh, stunning uh, highlights, replays, and uh, hopefully no penalties. So it's uh, Dave A.C., leading the Cult Collective today as we talk on Super Bowl Day the about sport in sci-fi. And I've co-opted um, uh, a, ca- a vice captain, Darth Skeptical, to help me out today. So, first of all, Darth, do you want to say hello? Well, I will, but of course, I don't want to hit you for six, just to continue the little sports metaphors that we were going with there. Anyway, uh, welcome to Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, I'm glad to have something alternative to do with my time, although it's very early in the morning for me. Hello. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's going to be terrible. I mean, uh, one-hour game, apparently, lasts five hours to play it. And, of course, I should have said, in the UK, it's a game of two halves. In America, it's a game of four quarters. But uh, nonetheless, so I've already mentioned that Ian won't be with us. So uh, let me give his apologies out. And Romana, too, um, her apologies. Basically, I just don't think she's a sporty girl. But uh, I think she has some other things that she needs to get on with. But um, we have plenty of people in the room joining us today. So I'll go down the list as they appear to me. And uh, number one in my list is Mr. Benjamin Elliott, the This Week in Doctor Who guy. Sporty, are you, Benjamin? Are you sporty? So, uh, somewhat. Some, some of like some I don't. 
just occurred to me this would be a nice little idea to try today with the Super Bowl going on. Of course, I'm not sure how much longer I'll be able to stick around. Uh, my phone's been mysteriously shorting out, and I think I annoyed a contingent of online fandom this weekend. They might try to ostracize me soon. I um, put up my points about my opinion on the renumbering of Doctor Who seasons and series, and I finished it up by saying, at the end of the day, it's not worth having a fight over. Everyone should allow everyone to have the opinions they have and live peacefully. I'm, I suspect that they're hit lists out for me now as a result. <laughs> <laughs> very radical. But I was all half expecting you to tell me that you were very keen on winter sports. Anything to do with snow, I thought. You mean because I just had to uh, uncover the car in the remote chance that my wife's work opens tomorrow? Uh, we, yeah. um, we, we've just experienced what the local press around here are calling the snowpocalypse or snowzilla. Basically, <laughs> we got more snow than this area has seen in, depending on where you live in the area, anywhere from 14 years to 100 years with uh, anywhere between 14 and 40 inches of snow, depending on exactly where we we were. We had thunderstorms during the snow with lightning and thunder. Uh, You know, a couple hundred thousand people without power, all the fun stuff of a blizzard. And, you know. So, today is sort of (laughs) a big out day for cars. (laughs) But hopefully no one's driving, because the roads are still bad. Okay, well, let's go down the, uh, it's, um, I never know whether to call you, because uh, it's Helen I know you by, it's, uh, pronounce your name for me again, your online oh, name. Rowan. Rowan. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I must be a bit dyslexic or something. Okay, Rowan, welcome to uh, the Colton Collective, um, a sporty girl, no doubt? Uh, not really, more of a geeky uh, sort of sports person, I kind of follow the sci-fi end of it. Right. Not an ex-cheerleader. We could always do with one of those. Oh, no, no. You can't save me. <laughs> okay, welcome uh, to uh, the show. Uh, Charlie, 79. Hiya. Hello, uh, Dave. Sporty man, are you going to be watching the Super Bowl later or not? Um, uh, probably, I'll probably pop my head in once in a while and watch a little bit. Um, other than that. Not much. More of a baseball right. guy. Uh, thank you. Uh, and Tim, Tim Jury. Hi, Tim. Yeah, I'm not a massive sports fan, Dave. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm counting the days to the Formula One kicking off, which is um, end of next month now. Excellent. Yeah, uh, they've just been drawing the um, the football draws, haven't they? I think England against Wales have been drawn in the next. Uh, which I, I don't even know which championship it is, but I know that England has been drawn against Wales. <laughs> or was it the, the World Cup draw? Right. Okay. Well, I'm I'm out of my depth here, as you can probably mm. tell. <laughs> Hi, Rick Wall. Hello. How are you Hi. doing? Fine. Are you know a sporty guy? Oh yeah. Gonna watch the uh, Super Bowl like I do every year, and. Uh, Get Daphne into it. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I won't ask you, I won't put you on the spot and ask you which teams are playing, um, unless you want to volunteer that. Uh, the New Orleans Saints and the Indianapolis Colts. Right, excellent. 
Um, and we've just got one more with audio, and that's uh, Mike Randathor. Hi, Mike. Hello, I'm back on the show after uh, power outage last weekend. <laughs> that's terrible. I mean, uh, all sorts of things happening. I mean, there's been a big gas explosion in uh, some part of is it Massachusetts or somewhere? Uh, Connecticut, somewhere in Connecticut, Connecticut. I just read that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yes, we're international here. Those UK guys. <laughs> okay, well, that's uh, all the people in the room except for one little bit of. Control, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. Get smart on TV land. Section 3.6, the portable cone of silence. What? And not only in silence, but alone and in silence. Yes, to the corner, in the corner. It's Logan. Um, uh, he's in the penalty box. He's in the, uh, whatever they call it in ice hockey. Um, what do they call he's it in, in ice box. hockey? The sin bin. Sin bin. Logan, to the sin bin. <laughs> yeah, we <can laughs> well, you'll come on mic now, won't he? Rightio. Okay, well, we're going to go, um, after those introductions, uh, we're going to go through the news before we start on our main topic, which, just to remind you, is going to be about sporting sci-fi. And also, just to remind you, if you want to phone in, you still can do, and the number to ring in is 724-444-7444. The show ID is uh, 54821 uh, and of course if you are listening to us later try and catch us live next time so um, we're going to go to Tim first with uh, a little bit of uh, information on news uh, yes um, one main bit of news from me and then a little bit of promotion um, well, the main bit of news is that uh, well, we seem to know what Sam Raimi is doing after getting the push from these Spider-Man movies uh, he's going to make The Shadow. After his departure from the Spider-Man franchise last month, it looks as if director Sam Raider will be staying in the world of costume crime fighters for his next movie, it says on Total Sci-Fi Online. I'll put the link in chat. I seem to remember there was a version of The Shadow a few years back. Oh. Yeah, Alec Baldwin. I'm getting ribbing here, Tim. I'm not laughing at you. I've been told off because the, uh, the monkey's in the sim bin with Logan. Let him out, Logan. Ooh. Over there. Go, typing monkey, go. You put, you put your peanuts <laughs> away. You, you dragged him over there. So go on, Tim. Is that... Uh... And and the, the only other thing to give a mention to is that hot off the press, I think it was posted to YouTube. Um, is it the 7th today? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, posted to YouTube today by Victor First Mornington is a, a new promo video for the... Uh, Gallifreyan Embassy Podshock meetup in Second Life, and uh, it's so new I haven't had time to watch it myself. But there's a link to it in the chat. It's a um, six-minute tour or six-minute promo, anyway, by uh, Victor First about the Katrina Sim and the Podshock meetup, and I'll put another link in chat from. Uh, the Gallifreyan Embassy site, so you can read about the Podshock Meetup, which is later this month on the 20th. 
Right, that's the same week as the, the Galley 21, isn't it? Yes, uh, we, we'll be catching all those people that are heading to Galley 21 when they've just packed their suitcases, I think. Well, let's hope they're virtual just, suitcases. Just this, I've, got, I've, got, I've started the one-year countdown this week. I set up a bank account and a standing order to start saving up for the one next year. Good lad. Uh, I just hope that some money comes my way. I must check my pools. Uh, not my pools, my uh, lotto after this. Okay, thanks for that. Let's go to Mr. Benjamin Elliott. I hope he can stay with us for at least part of the show. But your news, please, Ben. Okay. Well, first, uh, of course, with the news that will please our resident New Zealand guy, Ian, um, if you're in New Zealand, you probably just missed The End of Time, Part 1 of 2. Part 2 airs next Sunday, Valentine's Day, which is also when Part 1 airs in Australia. And also in New Zealand, the Sarah Jane Adventures began on Nickelodeon New Zealand last week, during weeknights. And New Zealand is finally getting Torchwood Children of Earth. Uh, this isn't as bad as when they would run Star Trek Season 3 years late, but it's a little behind. Torchwood Children of Earth will air Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. on TV2 in New Zealand starting this Wednesday. So it will be run for five weeks in 65-minute time slots. Over here in the U.S., uh, if you're living in Houston, I'm guessing not that many people in Houston read This Week in Doctor Who, as Channel 8 in Houston is airing, is airing the new series again. They're currently in the middle of Series 4. And someone let me know about that just yesterday after the call went out. But Saturdays at 8 p.m. in Houston on Channel 8, uh, you've got the Doctor and Catherine Tate is Donna. Uh, and that's about it for schedules right now. Uh, I've been having some problems with uh, the This Week in Doctor Who headquarters, so it's been a little bit difficult to research stuff right now. So hopefully we'll be a bit more up to date soon. Okay, thank you very much, Benjamin. Okay, um, let's see um, what uh, Mr. Randathor, Mike, has. Yeah, there was a sort of a late-breaking story yesterday in SFX mag a letter to SFX Magazine. Uh, writer Neil Gaiman confirmed that he is writing an episode for Doctor Who. Uh, he, he said that his episode, which was originally going to be called The House of Nothing, was originally supposed to be in this, uh, this year's uh, series, but due to budget restraints, it was pushed back to next year's series. He, on, on the title, The House of Nothing, he said that was the original name of the story, but, quote, it's definitely not called that now. And in other news, uh, Big Finish Audio has three new Peter Davison Fifth Doctor stories coming out. Uh, Cobwebs by Jonathan Morris, uh, Whispering Forest by, by Stephen Cole, and The Cradle of the Snake by Mark Platt. That last one revisits the Mara that we saw from Kenda. And there's another Big Finish Audio in the works called The Four Doctors, featuring uh, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, and Paul McGann. So that should be interesting. And the the last bit of information I have here are the first three episode titles for this year's series of Doctor Who. I would consider the third one a spoiler if it weren't for the fact that Doctor Who magazine has it on their cover. So the first three titles are The Eleventh well, Hour. Uh, Go ahead. Well, people can just skip ahead 20, oh, yeah, sorry, 30 sorry. seconds if they don't want yeah. to hear it. So, yeah. The Eleventh Hour, The Beast Below, and Victory of the Daleks. Those are the first three titles. First two are written by Stephen Moffat. Third one is written by uh, Mark Gaddis. 
Now, uh, Randall, let me uh, jump in there for a second because I think mm-hmm. that there's something implied in the news that you just gave there that I haven't actually heard before, and that is if Gaiman is uh, doing a, a story for next year, mm-hmm. that implies that season six has been commissioned. I, I don't think I ever heard that it actually Ooh. had been commissioned. I had well, written had scripts it. before before getting the official confirmation. Yeah, it, it, he had written yeah, his script was written and meant for this year's series, but uh, the f- he, it was pushed back because they had already planned everything else out and they didn't have anything left over for his story. But I actually hadn't stopped to consider that that's what that implied. Now that you mention it, I just sort of assumed that there that it was already. Yeah, I was gonna going say to say be reading between the lines, Darth. They may have commissioned season six and seven because. If the rumors are correct, they've signed up Matt Smith for three years. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they could have done... I mean, they signed um, Sylvester McCoy to four yeah. years and only did three years with him. So just because you signed was nowhere an actor... nowhere near as popular back then, though. Right, right, but I'm just saying, you, you still can sign up a, an actor to a show... Well, I mean, you know, Paul McGann was signed up for five years. You can sign up somebody, but that doesn't mean that the, the show's actually been commissioned that far in advance. And I just had not heard that uh, we were confirmed for something beyond Season 5, and it'd be interesting if, in fact, that's what this now means. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I think we can take it as read, though, if they've told a, told a writer that his script's going into production. Yeah. And, of course, we, we do know that they've redesigned the tile list. Hopefully, they, they won't just do that for one season. But... Um, <laughs> There's a Quite interesting. Right. There's been no announcement. That's the point. Yeah. I'll have to try and find it, Dave. There's an interesting video doing the rounds of the inside of the 2010 TARDIS. It's a case of don't watch it if you don't want to see it. But I'll try and find the link. Okay. As right, a sort of you... um, concept art animation. Okay, Mark. Uh, Mike, was that uh, all your yeah, bit? That's what I have. Okay, we'll go to Darth then, please, Darth. Well, um, not that much news for me, although it should be noted that uh, one of the biggest, actually I think the biggest um, advertisement for a movie in Super Bowl time, which is just you know a huge thing in terms of marketing, is for The Last Airbender. So if you're interested in that genre movie, then by all means, that's a reason to watch the Super Bowl today, um, although sadly... It's already kind of been leaked what that trailer is, but it would have been so much more powerful if we actually had to watch the Super Bowl to see it. It's very good. If you haven't seen it yet, it is actually worth watching the Super Bowl for. Um, Then we have a few other little bits and bobs. Apparently now they're getting a a little hankering to do Daredevil again. Um, Daredevil is, I think, the last uh, little bit of the Marvel Empire, which is not now within the control of Disney. Somehow the rights are um, out there with somebody else. And so Regency is has picked up the right. I don't think Regency originally made Daredevil. I could be wrong, but I don't think they did. But at any rate, that's where the rights are now, and they're now trying to find a way to reboot that last remaining little bit of the Marvel Empire that is not under the control of Disney. We'll see how that goes. Um also, for, in terms of reboots, we've got Fox, who's 
getting more serious about doing Planet of the Apes yet again. Not really sure how many times we can tell this story, but uh, they are, are seriously looking for a director for that. Um, and um, that's about all that I've got, really. It's not been that great of a week. Okay. Well, before I just have a, add a couple of things, uh, Benjamin's thought of something else he missed out. Do you want to just uh, go through that, Benjamin? Okay. This was breaking on on Twitter, so we'll have to see what it works out. But uh, Neil Perryman of Tachyon TV uh, put out a cryptic word on Twitter today, Tachyon TV being relatively popular, very um, adult-oriented uh, Doctor Who comedy podcast and website. But the, you mentioned that they were recording Tachyon TV, possibly the last. Or was possibly his last. I can't. I can't have an exact words from you right now. It was either the last, possibly the last, or possibly his last. So there could be some things brewing with the Tachyon TV gangs. But. All right. Okay. Um, uh, that's it from everybody then. Um, just uh, one piece from me. Not really much news, but um, uh, on the BBC uh, yesterday. Well. Friday, should I say, uh, the Jonathan Ross show uh, had John Barrowman on a, as a guest. Uh, very entertaining as usual, performed one of his uh, Copacabana at the end. That's worth catching if you have a means to do so. But um, he was mentioning how he got the, the job for uh, Desperate Housewives. Apparently, while he was filming the Children in Need across um, the, uh, when they were going across America uh, and they had to. Uh, take Pudsey Bear across in various stages. I think he was doing it with Mylene Class, the uh, classical pianist and, um, and now more of a presenter. Um, he, he made a meet-up with, with, with one of the writers of um, uh, Desperate Housewives, you know, and uh, within 12 hours, his agent got a ring saying, uh, we want him on it. He's going to write a special part for him. So the, the the thing that was amazing for John Barrowman was how quickly that got the the nod because he was sort of oh yeah go and have a dinner with a writer uh, you know yes sure something will come of it uh, never expecting to get the green light straight ahead and uh, the part was written to, for him straight for that and uh, shortly after the Jonathan Ross show he's winging his way over to America to get ready for that part. He, he also he showed it. signs of being gagged, didn't he, Dave? Because yeah. um, a, f a few weeks back he was spouting some rumour about there being 13 new episodes and Torchwood Season 4, and he's clearly been told not to say that because Jonathan Rost asked him out straight, Torchwood did very well last year, will there be any more? And he came out with, with a very official line of, at the moment, I just don't know... That's the official story. I can't say anything else. And, yeah. he, he, and he, he he had a look in his eye of, I have been gagged, didn't he? Yeah, and he also was asked, you know, will we see Captain Jack back with the 11th Doctor? Um, and he said he'd met with Matt Smith, I think, uh, but he couldn't say or not, but he said uh, he'd, go, he'd go for it in a heartbeat if it was offered to him. Mm. So he, any chance to play Captain Jack... You know, he's uh, very happy to do so. So that means, uh, obviously, with him in America and um, uh, Russell T. Davis, and uh, basically, uh, they've got the core of uh, the Torchwood ready there, I would think. 
So, uh, I think we're, unless anybody else in the room has suddenly got something they want to miss, I think uh, Darth's going to play us into our topic. Anybody else? Okay, here we go. Thought we'd set a course for this brown dwarf system. Looks interesting. I can't wait. In the meantime, why don't we shoot a little nine ball? You can break. Maybe later. I was going to save this for a rainy day, but... Stanford versus Texas. The finals. Fresh out of the subspace mailbag. You've been threatening to teach me the finer points of the game. Unless you're too busy with your brown dwarfs. Okay, thank you for that, Darth. It slightly broke up, but uh, I think it gives people the idea that today, on Super Bowl Day, uh, Mr. Benjamin Elliott suggested the topic, and as we've in myself have said, uh, we will come up with suitable titles. For instance, next week on Valentine's Day, we're going to be doing Love in Sci-Fi, and then the 21st of Feb, we're going to be doing It Came from the Future. So uh, we do take on board what people say. You can get in touch by posting a, a reply on the cultdom.com, which is our Cultdom Chronicles blog site. And there's actually a tab at the top for suggestions to be made, and you can add them there quite easily. So um, three sections I thought we would try and uh, divide the show in today. Um, mainly... Uh, Films are science fiction, are TV shows where sport is a fairly integral part of the actual story or it forms uh, some considerable event within the story. Uh, and the three things that come straight to mind on me on that are rollerball, uh, running man, and, and like the Quidditch game in Harry Potter. Uh, then, after we've talked about that and exhausted that, we'll talk about a little bit like you've just heard from Enterprise, where games are featured in, in various programs, whether it's Quantum Leap, Caprica, Knight Rider, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Spider-Man, Star Wars, uh, X-Men, Angel, uh, um, uh, Star Trek Voyager with Seven of Nine, The Last Starfighter, Battlestar Galactica, the list goes on. But we may not have a lot to say about each one. I'm hoping the people in the room will be able to provide that information. And if we get through that with any sort of speed, um, for a, a final segment, if we want to talk about how um, sci-fi and games and, and the gaming elements of sci-fi programs have made it into the PC and gaming world. So... I'm going to start us off, not with any great knowledge, but uh, because it's one of the earliest ones, from 1975, um, Rollerball. Um, this uh, dystopian fiction film, directed by Norman Lewinson, uh, and of course, uh, I'm just getting some noise from somewhere. Rick Wall, I'm just going to mute you, I think. Sec. Um, uh, James Kahn, of course, playing the lead role. In the film, in the world was... 2018, far into the future, folks. Not anymore. Is a global corporate state containing entities such as the Energy Corporation and a global energy monopoly based in Houston. Um, and the film's title is the name of a violent, globally popular sport around which the events of the films take place. 
It's similar to roller derby in that two teams clad in body armour skate on roller skates. Some instead ride on motorcycles around a banked circular track and there the similarity ends. And the object of the game is to score points by the offensive team, that's the team in possession of the ball, throwing a softball-sized steel ball into the goal. And um, I don't think I really need to uh, list anything more than that. If you go to Wiki and put in Rollerball, uh, you can come up with that. So, uh, Darth, I'm going to be dependent on you quite a bit, unfortunately. Is Rollerball one you want to make a comment on, or should we just find anybody in the room who loved it and remembers it? I think we should find somebody else in the room who loves it and remembers it, because I remember it, but I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto, Darth. Okay, uh, anybody in the room? I'm not going to. We we have a, a nice number in the room today, but I think it's the sort of manageable number where I don't have to sort of uh, tick people in order, as it were. I'm quite happy for people to chime in today. In fact, I might just depend on it. So, is a rollerball fan in the room? Rollerball. Yes. We've got two uh, calling out. That was Helen. Yeah. I remember the 2002 version. I still remember. The original 1971 version of Rollerball, too, but I was really hoping to watch that recently. Right, because uh, James Kahn, that was his uh, that was his breakout film, as far as I remember. Yeah, it was one of them at least, and uh, I remember going to see it, and uh, I just fell in love with it. It was the first science fiction sporting movie I've ever seen. And, it was like, okay, this is different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was quite a very violent, was it? I don't know what it was rated as, but it was, I seem to remember it was quite a violent film. Uh, back then, what the heck was it rated? Because uh, the rating systems have changed since then. Uh, I think it was PG-13, if I remember. I don't... Wow, and quite a long film. I'm just looking. Uh, running time, 129 minutes. A full-contact sport in which the players have considerable leeway to attack the opposing players in order to take or maintain possession of the ball and to score points. In the overpopulated world of the original short story, which the film is based on, the object of the game is to actually kill off the other players. So it looks like they actually toned it down somewhat, uh, Rick Wall. Yeah, uh, it was, but um, not as much as the uh, remake. Right, this was in uh, 2003, was it, I think? I'm just checking. Yeah. Uh, no, 2002 I've got here now, coming up. Wow. And who guest starred in that? Chris Klein, Gene Reno... Not really. Oh, Rebecca Roman. Is that right? Now, what is it that I know her name from? Because she's been in a few um, science fiction. Is she the one that played um, Species? Or is it the one from... Um, I think she was in the X-Men films. In blue. Ah. And yes, she was also Mystique. just in the can just cancelled show Eastwick. Which Americans wow. didn't get all the episodes. Right. She was the old uh, woman of the three of the three in Eastwick. Well old by comparison. Right. 
Well, the actress herself is now 37. She doesn't look it. Wow. But she's not been in an awful lot. I was trying to think of some other film that she'd been in. I thought Species she was in, but that obviously was someone else. So, um, uh, Charlie, uh, not Charlie, uh, Rick Wall, do you want to say anything more about the, the, the later film? Uh, no, not really. Less said, the better. <laughs> I did like the ending of it. Yes, go on. What, Rowan? Yes. Yeah, I did remember that. I did like the ending. I mean, uh, can't beat someone being thrown through uh, th- that end with like combination hockey and uh, and death sport. You know, where you know everybody's going through the glass barrier into the uh, conference area where the uh, blue the the suits are sitting, and then he goes after them and starts trying to murder the uh, guy responsible for the games. <laughs> I thought that right. was classic. Okay, well, we've got two fans speaking up for the Rollerball franchise. Uh, first of all, uh, it doesn't sound if they were... I mean, has there been any talk from anybody in the room about films like that having been, getting the remake? Because that seems to be the name of the game in Hollywood at the moment. Remake, remake, remake. If they're going to uh, remake Rollerball, Dave, improve the script. Because yeah. my main memory of watching it a few years ago was, well, the games are really exciting. And the rest of the plot was, <laughs> it really oh, didn't I, grab me. That was meant to be a yawn. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember them going just round and round and round in circles. You know, it seemed to be interminable, really. Yeah, yeah the, the games themselves had a bit something to them, but the, the rest of the thing, I don't know if it's just dated badly or if it was always this bad. Right. And apparently it had a, a lot of music. It says there was a, a set, well, the score was released, but the soundtrack wasn't. But it it, it had a, a quite um, a funky soundtrack for its time with the, uh, lots of things. Certainly the, uh, the 2002 Green Day, uh, one of the uh, the groups singing on it, which is about the only one I've heard of, by the way. <laughs> oh, when you say remake, Dave... Yeah. It appears to already have been a remake because I typed Rollerball into IMDb and the original was 75 and a movie came ro- called Rollerball came out in 2002 as well. Yeah, that, that, that's one we're talking about at the moment, 2002 ah. one. Oh, I have but, never um, seen the 2002 version. This is the one that uh, Rick, uh, Rick Wall said that the less said about the better. Um, oh, I'll, and, have a qu- and I'll have a quick look, I, at, oh, look at the trailer. Cool's in it, is it? LL Cool J. So they try with the cast a little bit, but I take it, Darth, um, well, nobody wants to shout up any more for that, so let's move swiftly on to um, uh, The Running Man, which, of course, uh, really is um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's, is that his first go at science fiction? I know he's he was in, um, you know, the Pumping Iron one and things like that before, but I think this was one of his first science fiction uh, releases. The story no, follows Sorry? Conan, Conan was. Yep. Right, of course. Yes. Right. Well, okay. Conan well, this... said not to be science fiction, though, I suppose. Right. When was Hercules in New York? Oh. Was that before or after this? Heads back. That was in the 70s. Was that the, um, the Arnie movie? 
Yeah. Well, the Running Man came out in. Um, well, the novel came out in '82. So uh, I'm trying to look when. It's not really clear about when the film came. Oh, that's why I'm on the uh, the book page, not the film page. '87, the actual film adaptation came out, based on the novel by Stephen King, directed by Michael Paul Glazier. Yeah. Oh God, that was a long time ago. Hercules in New York was 1970. It's so long ago that Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't even credited as Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was credited as Arnold Strong. Yeah. He he couldn't speak English then either. (laughs) Some would say. Oh, did they dub him? (laughs) No, I'm making a joke. Uh, No, they really did dub him. Yeah. They did dub him. Did they? Right. Yeah. Well, it's like when they they uh, they dubbed the Hulk's voice, didn't they? They Lou Ferrigo, was it? Or was he still mute at that point? Anyway, getting back to this, amazingly, after Rollerball was a dystopic uh, future based in 2018, what do you know? Running Man, a dystopic year, 2019, one year later. That is amazing. Um I assume that's because they always set them like uh, 20 or 30 years in the future, and that's why. Um, What's that? It's set about a television show called Running Man, where a convicted criminal, runners, must escape death at the hands of professional killers. That sounds a little bit like a a Claude Van Damme film I saw called uh, Hard Target, which uh, that was about um, them running down um, Marines for money. here we go. In uh, in 2017, the society has become a police state, censoring all cultural activity. The government pacifies the populace by broadcasting a number of game shows in which convicted cr- criminals fight for their lives. And again, that um, idea was taken up, if I remember rightly, on a Sliders episode. Anybody in the room remember that one? I remember there was the, the, the episode Egghead from season one it was basically a combination of uh, of actual scholarly trivia and a, and a ball game where they moved around a, a, a like a square grid court answering questions whenever they caught, caught the ball yeah that right. was an early episode of sliders well there was another one where they were setting uh, teams of three or something and they had mm. to get across a uh, a play area from one side to the other um, and uh, of course they had to do that because the the wormhole was at the other side. So, ah. okay, uh, Darth, Running Man, is that any higher up your recommendation? I'm afraid it isn't. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I wonder what? if we might, instead of uh, just sort of naming uh, films, if we might go around the room and just ask people what are some films or movies or, or television series where they can think of. Sports having a major impact upon the plot line. Are there any are there any stories which people can remember that involved sports and science fiction just off the top of their heads? Well, there must Anyone? be some Harry Potter fans in here at least. Harry Potter fan here. I'll speak up for the for, for Quidditch oh. here. Um, yeah, the, Quidditch, of course, was the, the sport for Hogwarts School of Magic, and not just Hogwarts, but all of the Wizarding World and the Harry Potter books 
and the, the, of course, the whole thing with riding around in broomsticks, uh, knocking the the, the balls uh, through the through the hoops. And the interesting thing about Quidditch is that J.K. Rowling never liked the idea of Quidditch. She want she added it in the first book and wanted it done away with. She wanted to do away with with that idea, but the fans liked it, so she had to stay with it. So it's kind of interesting that Rowling hated it, it but she put it in the books in the, in the first place. Well, that's strange because I thought she'd already written about three by the time the book, the uh, the film came out. Yes, but they were very popular books, Dave, and she was kind yeah. of reacting to the people that bought the books. Right. Yeah. It'd be very hard to write that. I would think. I mean, I I think I've heard something about her actually saying something to that effect that it, it's just mind-numbingly difficult to write. Quidditch scenes, and especially to make them yeah. different from ones that you've done before, and so yeah. I can quite understand why she would want to, you know, get rid of that. Sort of, sort of hence the reason that the Quidditch becomes less and less important as the series goes on. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, basically, one could get away with that by saying, really, it's just a game designed to help them learn to fly the broomsticks more yeah. agilely, really. I mean, because basically, uh, I mean, I don't understand it, but they can score single points for some goals, but if they catch that little ball with wings, the they score like net. 100 points. Oh, so yes. the rest of the game, basically, and is defunct. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing most players, I'm guessing that the, that little thing must not be caught in most games, or else there's right. no point to the scoring methods. The fact that you constantly see the little creature get caught is that Harry Potter... And his opponents are very good players. Right. As, as I remember, it made for quite an exciting scene in the first Harry Potter movie, and then subsequently it was a bit, oh, we're going to have to watch this Quidditch thing again, are we? <laughs> there's not really the many different. Of, uh... Well, there's not very many different ways you can film it and make it exciting. Well, there's what happened at the beginning of Goblet of Fire, with where that was the first real attack by. Uh, he who he who must not be named, uh, Voldemort. The, the attack at the World Cup, basically, basically the World Cup Quidditch match. Yes. I thought it was very clever, actually, to have uh, you know a World Cup um, situation, and I, I think they've done actually a remarkably good job in the in the films, at least, making them different and making them have different narrative significances. Um, you know, in some movies, you know, or at least in the one, it's at the beginning, and it it brings together all the people that you're going to later see in the movie and introduces you to them all. Um, and then in, I think, the latest one, it's very dark. It's it's as dark as the movie itself. Um, and in the first one, it's very light and breezy. And so I think th there's a, a range of tonality to that sport as it's been portrayed on film that has made it interesting and, and continues to make it something that the kids who are most interested in the franchise are very interested in and, and therefore spawns, you know, video games based upon it. Um, I have to yeah. say, you know, going a little bit away from that, but sticking with literary science fiction or literary genre stuff having to do with um, sport, one of my earliest memories in science fiction was reading um, this series called the Apprentice Adept series by Piers Anthony. I think I've talked about it once before on this show. Um, and the basic conceit of the series is that there's a world of fantasy and there's a world of science fiction. Uh, a place called Proton, which is the science fiction phase, which is the fantasy, and they are linked together. Um, and people occasionally can transit between the two. And 
one of the sort of situations in which they make that transit is people on the science fiction side, on the proton side, play this thing called the game. And it's really, it's not entirely sports, but it has a sports component because what it's, it's very interesting. There's, um, there, there are two categories of four. There's one set is physical, mental chance and art. And then the other is naked tool machine or animal. And you have to choose one thing from each column so that if you get physical and machine put together, you might have to do a, um, I don't know, an auto racing kind of thing. Um, if you got physical and animal put together, maybe you'll have to do some kind of wrestling of bears or whatever. But there are a variety of different possibilities for um, game playing, and a lot of them are sports-related. And there's some of the best descriptions of, of sports. Play. There's one terrific uh, scene that's in there of this sort of futuristic version of racquetball that is still, I think, one of the best descriptions of playing a sport, a two-person sport that I've ever read in fiction, much less science fiction. And, and that series sticks with me as, as having made sport – integral to its story and at the same time just having uh, an incredible gift of language to express it as well. Yeah. Sadly, well, I mean, one, of the things, one of the things one of the things about it of course is that sport it's such a, a major part of a lot of people's culture and I just should take this moment to welcome Lynn into the room who's just joined us a little late. Welcome Lynn. Oh hi there how are you guys doing? Fine, thanks. We're 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 having a bit of a free form meeting today because um, uh, we're uh, not that sporty as a group, but we're we're trying to uh, tackle it in the best ways we can. Uh, but um, I mean, even noticed in the the Caprica that's just uh, started, they they've made um, just to show the differences. They have this what appeared to be a tennis court, but with various different markings and presumably a, a different type of net. Because it, it, it immediately is familiar. You know they're playing a sport, and you, can, you don't have to think about what the rules are because you can guess it's pretty much tennis. But it also um, emphasises the unworldliness that you, you, know, you are actually on an, an alien society, and um, it's their parallel version of a game. But uh, I think Darth's right. Let's let's people who, who jump in. I mean, uh, I mentioned. Sorry. Tron. Tron. The light cycles. Yes. I mean, um, th this is something that obviously we don't know in the the new remake whether that is. And what, um, Mike? You know it, don't you? What's the name of the the new version that's coming out? Tron Legacy. Right. Do, do we know if the light cycles are getting? Uh, Full, full and center. Um, um, they're playing a they're playing a, a large part in the movie. We'll still see a, a lot of the well, the whole light cycle sport, the ninety degree turns, the trills being left. Well, that's playing a part in the movie too. Right, right. Anything? Anybody else want to uh, speak up for Tron? Looking excited for it, or did they feel as though it, you know it was brown, groundbreaking? It was. Yeah. Was it one of the first ones that was? It wasn't all digital, was it? But it was. It was a very, very nearly that. I think. I think it was kind of a hybrid of live action and animation. I don't yeah. know how much computers were really involved. No, the whole point of it was that, in fact, it was CGI. 
Ah. I mean, yes, yes, it is a hybrid of of uh, live action, sure, but no, everything that was achieved in it was achieved through CGI. That was the explicit point, and that was something that because I I owned Disney stock at the time, that was one of the things that they were very proud about in that year's annual report was you know this is a whole new technology and this is the stuff that we did with it. So yeah, it was it was primitive, but it was definitely CGI. And that's the whole reason that so that so many special effects developers were so excited about doing a sequel, and you know we're finally getting it. So we'll see how that's finally done. And uh, that came out in when? When was it come out? Was it in the early eighties? That eighty-two. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Ron, we're not talking over you. But your volume's a little bit low, so I don't think you can just boost it slightly. That's better. Yours. Well, I suppose if we're, it, oh, sorry. I suppose if we're talking about Tron light cycles as a sport, um, then I guess you'd have to throw into that, um, you know, the um, pod racers of Episode One oh, of Star episode. Wars. Yeah. I mean, right. that, that, I don't. And, and there, there are many examples of the, there. There, there's an episode of Star Trek Voyager which principally is centered around a, a similar kind of. Um, race like that. There's an episode of The Bionic Woman, which has to do with you know an overland road race. Um, that's a pretty common structure, I suppose, for um, telling a story is there is a race and you've got to get to the end of the race and people are trying to stop you from finishing it. Um, well, whether Knight that's Rider sport, did one, didn't it? Knight, Knight Rider well, sure did Demolition I'm, Derby. I'm oh, sure yeah. I had to do at least one. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, whether that's truly sport is is something that's even argued about outside the genre of science fiction. I mean, it's something that constantly is is under discussion on like ESPN boards and forums because they're all always up in arms about how much coverage NASCAR gets. Is it legitimate? Yeah. Um, but you know, within within the broad scope of what is a sport, you'll find. Maybe that's, in fact, the most common thing in science fiction is some form of road racing, some form of um, using a technological device to travel and best your opponents. That kind of thing happens quite a lot in science fiction. Okay, question to you then, Darth. Is um, Herbie the love boat? Is that science fiction? Because the car can... Show intelligence. That's uh, that's a, that's a very interesting point. I I I don't know. I guess because it, it's never ever explained in any Kirby movie how it happens. Um, it's at least magic, so it's at least genre. Um, yeah. Why? I mean, I guess you could. Okay. The the other one that I mentioned before we started recording was the. Um, you know the 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 fighting uh, element that's been uh, focused on quite a lot of shows. I mean, there's obviously the Mad Max with the Beyond the Thunderdome. You know, two men uh, enter, one man leaves. Um, you've got the fact that Wolverine in X Men used to earn his um, his, his keep by uh, cage fighting. Um, Dark Angel, one of my favourite TV series, um, uh, she has to go and uh, and go and fight because. Um, one of the other, um, uh, I've forgotten what they call them, one of the enhanced people uh, earns his money by doing that and she has to go in and beat him up to, to drag him out of uh, that before he, he gives the game away. I mean, um, Angel gets captured um, 
for a, uh, a secret fight. And I think, of course, the um, that the film um, Fight Night uh, probably, um, you know, there's only one really... What's fight the word? Club. Fight Club. No, one want to really fight club. We don't talk about Fight Club. Uh, and that seemed to permeate into the um, science fiction field. Because, I mean, that, sure. when did that come out? 10, 15 years ago? Fight Club? Has it been that long? I don't know. Is it? Give us a second. I, we'll I thought it was this decade, but whatever. 99. 99. Thank you, Google. Thank yeah. you, Google. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right, Dave. I mean, that's certainly, I mean, you've got not only those examples, but, you know, there's an episode of Torchwood that's like that. There's an episode of Bionic Woman where she has to fight somebody. There's an episode of Six Million Dollar Man where it's the same thing. There's an episode of Voyager, oh. which is a crossover oh. with WWF. Um, there's, there's Captain Kirk told to fight an alien. Yeah, we 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 can't hear you that clearly. I'm sorry if people appear to be talking over you. Do you want to just have another go? Oh yes, I was going to say that in the Six Million Dollar Man. If we're talking about that one, uh, Steve Austin, Lee Majors' character, played uh, a quarterback. Was originally a quarterback before That's... he became a pilot. Right, right, uh, and um. Yeah. Well, but there's also the episode where he's actually on a professional team as well. And uh, like Dave is just about to say, Smallville just is rife with football throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, the the other element, we don't need to move off this bit, but I mean, uh, then there was the film The Last Starfighter, which started to use um, gaming skills as a recruitment ploy, wasn't it? Because, uh, um, and I think another Mike good example of, of early CGI. That Mike, is it one of your films you like? That one, The Last Starfighter. I heard you mention it. It was an okay movie. I'm not that fond of it, but the whole gaming thing is leads into what I was thinking about. about this whole discussion about sports and different, you know, sci-fi type mediums, and I was thinking of uh, sci-fi, uh, sports and video games outside of the whole sports genre, and I was thinking of different RPGs and adventure games that feature sports. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, well, the first thing that came to my mind was the game Mega Man 6, and the story for that one is about how there was a robot tournament. Uh, there's a, there's a, there was an international robot tournament, and the final uh, eight robots ended up being the robot masters he had to go through and fight in that game and just all sorts of different games where sports play into the actual story where you have to actually play uh, another one that comes to mind is Final Fantasy 7 where there's a min- there's an optional mini game at one point where you it, uh, it's basically chocobo racing chocobos are these birds that you can raise and and ride in, in races so yeah there's are a lot of instances and outside of the whole sports genre, because, of course, we've got, like, Madden and all of those actual sports, but, you know, outside of that. Okay. Yeah, Tim's just put the link in for Fight Club. Oh, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica, yes. Right. Um, I mean, is this the the Pyramids game you're talking about in that? Yes. Do you want to elaborate any more? I mean, uh, Uh, some mentioned it. Pyramid game and uh, Battlestar Galactica. I quite remember that one because it seemed like at every opportunity in the original Battlestar Galactica, not the uh, new series, that is, uh, they used to have a lot of breaks in which they loved to play this game. Uh, at every opportunity, 
So it's like uh, almost every fourth episode they had a primage game in it. Right. Well, uh, just uh, I'll just mention something now, and I'll ask anybody towards the end. Has uh, don't answer it now if you can. Has there been any game that's sort of been invented within a movie or a TV series that then actually people have, have actually tried to, uh, you know, bring it to life and and, and play it, uh, you know, as a sport in the real world? I mean, that's something to just perhaps uh, think about yes. for the end towards the end of the show. Um, I can think of several. Okay, Charlie, we haven't heard from you much. Do you want to chime in at the moment? Well, um, the one um, uh, movie, it's more its more supernatural than science fiction. I was thinking of Field of Dreams. Uh, just the whole idea of uh, you know, like ghosts of uh, baseball players. You know, Kevin Costner you know, builds a baseball field and ghosts of baseball players uh, you know, start playing baseball. And so that's, that's basically, that's the only thing I can think of right now off the top of my head that's Surely, you know, it's it's, a, it's about baseball, and it has supernatural ele- elements in it. Right. Okay. And I just want a quick word to uh, both Benjamin and Tim. If either of you thinking that you might have to leave earlier, you know, be quite happy to jump in and have you say uh, now uh, if time is uh, a little bit uh, tight for you. Okay. Um, I mean, just going. I mean, I want to just bring in some of my favourite shows. I mean, like Quantum Leap. I mean, there must be many instances when in Quantum Leap, I remember him being a boxer for um, to try and save um, some nuns that needed some money. He was in the second uh, after the pilot. He was um, in a baseball um, game. He played a young um, uh, soccer student uh, or a, a rugby student or whatever they call them. Um, um, I can't remember where the other sports he was in. It, they had the one where he had to um, win over this. He was a vet, and he had to take part in a lot of sort of sports and games like hog tying and things like this to win the heart of this uh, girl rancher. Um, You're also one episode that, for this, my favorite episode of Quantum Leap, The Leap Home, the first part of that where uh, he had to win a basketball game. Oh, I of think course, that was, yeah. And his yeah. brother meets his brother again. Mm-hmm. Okay, Benjamin, you're typing tons of stuff in there. Do you want to read it all, or do you want to come in on audio? Well, uh, let's see here. Um, well, I think I think was the Torchwood incident mentioned on the or on here or just in the text? Because I know you had, tor- you had the Torchwood episode with the Weevil fighting. Well, with uh, Owen, yeah, and that, that was oh, actually yes. written by Noel Clark from Doctor Who. <laughs> wow. Yes, I've forgotten about that one. It's only episode for the series so far. Yes. It aired Christmas Eve, which must have seemed a rather odd time to air it. And they actually had Christmas for a couple of characters in the previous week's episode. <laughs> Yeah. And that was very Torchwood interesting. You know yeah. someone's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> and the pyramid has been in in the new series as well. The yeah, Capricorn. pyramid. Pyramid. Uh, one of the players in Gla- one of the people in the Galactica new Galactica series was a pyramid player, and you saw a little bit of it. And pyramid seems to be a much more prominent thing in the Caprica series, which is a um, fifty years before that, because. One of the major characters in the show owns one of the big pyramid teams, 
And so you actually had a bit of a pyramid match in one of the early Capcom episodes. So they're carrying the concept on. Okay. And Tim, again, you might be somebody who uh, needs to leave soon or, or whatever it was you were mentioning before. Uh, anything that we've not yet touched on that, uh, you know, that, that brought a smile to your face with these different series? Um, well, not so much TV and film, but um, I think Tiggs on Twitter earlier mentioned where we're going to touch on computer games, and you said, had anyone yeah. taken anything and played it in the real world? Well, people have um, taken Pac-Man and oh. put it in real-life cities and had people running around streets being the ghosts and being the um, the Pac-Man chasing <laughs> the ghosts. And I don't, don't quite know how they, they did the eating the energy pills and everything, but... That always makes me smile when I see that sort of thing. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so, um, let's just think. Uh, the other one, um, have we got any experts on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? As I said, some mentioned that uh, in the third book, there's uh, lots of references to a cricket world, our cricket. Anybody feel competent to take that and expound on it? Not Hitchhiker's very well, I'd have to look it up because I haven't read the book for a while. Isn't that the bit that um, has to do with the discarded um, story from Doctor Who that Douglas Adams wrote? Yeah, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Cricket Man. Well, was never one for wasting an idea, Douglas. Round, do you know about it? About Hitchhiker's Guide? Well, I haven't watched. I have the uh, the whole series on uh, DVD, the original uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. I, I don't really. I didn't remember. It's being mentioned in the series, and it's been a long time since I've read the uh, the books by Douglas Adams. Well, okay. at their call, they had some really dangerous items, and the cricket men seemed to like to play cricket. And there was this very dangerous thing, and it was somehow disguised as the ashes, which was rather tricky when you don't have the reference of cricket in your home country, <laughs> and you're reading about this thing. But somehow the cricket men were trying to play a game of cricket and hit the ashes and cause all sorts of destruction. Right, right. It, it's tied in, according to some people at least, with the the reality bomb that was in Journey's End. Uh, people are saying that Russell T. Davies stole the idea from this incident in um, the third book of Hitchhiker's Guide, which itself comes from Doctor Who anyway, uh, of there being some sort of high-stakes game in which the the consequence is the end of reality itself. I was going to say the best idea, or my favorite idea in this book has nothing to do with sport at all, and it's when they arrive at Lord's Cricket Ground. Uh, they're in this spaceship that's um, designed initially as a refreshments kiosk, or everyone else sees it as a refreshments kiosk. But when they go in, it's this high-tech spaceship. And Arthur says, why can't they see the spaceship? And Slarty Bartfast says that it's surrounded by a SIP field. And SIP, according to Douglas Adams, stands for someone else's problem. So people look at it, and they have no concept of it, so they just think, oh, it's someone else's problem. Well, I've done that. Nice. <laughs> right. So uh, we're we're going to have to ask our dear listeners to uh, uh, reference that up. But it is from the third book, 
Um, I've, put, I've put the link is, in chat to the, uh, the Wikipedia plot summary of it. As far as I understand it, the order of the books are The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Restaurant at the End of the Universe. So the third book is Life, the Universe and Everything. Right. Before going on to So Long and Thanks for All the Fish and so on. And Mostly Harmless, which wasn't. It was not. <laughs> right. Okay, well, it looks like with the, the expertise in the room, we're... Uh, Vastly out of that. But of course, let's stay with cricket because, of course, um, Black Dahlia, was it? Black, Black Orchid. Orchid. Black Orchid, there you are. Uh, deliberate mistake to get you talking. Black oh, Orchid. We, we I mean, should I have found a clip from this, Dave, because there is a great moment in it where he arrives at the cricket game and he and he is, for some reason, expected. And they get into conversation about cricket with him and they said, he said, oh, we, 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 at one moment we thought we'd be playing the master himself. Oh, no, it's after the cricket game. It's when they go back to the house and they're praising how well the doctor has played. And they said, you were as good as the master himself. And he turns to them all surprised and they go, W.D. Grace. <laughs> good one, Tim. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now you say it. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was quite a little nice short story, but of course... Um, I think some people have referred to the fact that it wasn't really a historical one. It wasn't really a monster one, was it? It's it's an oddity, and and also I can't remember who wrote it, but whoever it was, they didn't quite know what to do with the Doctor at one point because he spends nearly all of one episode wandering around corridors in his pajamas. All right, and Randathor, Mike, what, do you want to say what it was? Which one? Oh, about Black Orchid. No, Mike, I was asking, he's put in, it was the last historical story. Yeah, it was, Black Orchid was the last historical Doctor Who story to be such without alien intervention. Yes. Because usually, right. ever since then, if we go back in time, there's always an alien involved. Right. There was also an alien in the real, in a previous cricket Doctor Who incident, way back in the first Doctor's era, back in 19... 19- January 1st, 1966, like a Dalek's Master Plan, Episode 8, the TARDIS accidentally lands on a cricket field while trying to um, get words going. And it interrupts a match, and apparently some current, some sportscasters of the day play themselves were talking about this match and about the problem of this police box landing on the field. And then the police box dematerializes and it's no longer a problem. I think that clip's available somewhere. I think I've seen that. I'm sure I've seen it. Well, you might have seen it in 1966, because the episode existed back then. No one had destroyed it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I've always found really interesting about The Fifth Doctor and Cricket is that, at least on television, it really made no sense why he was involved with Cricket at all. I mean, there's no... There's no prefiguring incident with like the fourth doctor or anything. I mean, yes, the fourth doctor occasionally has a little throw of makes a cricket reference or whatever, but there was nothing immediately prior to the regeneration that would have naturally set him towards this whole cricket uniform. The fact that he just finds the uniform all laid out for him magically in the TARDIS is kind right. of weird. And but, without Black Orchid, which is an inconsequential really story. It it would make no sense whatsoever that he was dressed in a cricket uniform. It's not until 
you get to big finish where you get cricket really played up a lot. And there are many stories within um, the big finish era, like, for instance, Circular Time, uh, like The Roof of the World, in which cricket is central to the story, that he is going to a certain point on the globe because there is cricket happening at that place. And it's much clearer in the audio why he's involved with cricket. Um, But it always puzzled me, just watching the Fifth Doctor's era, why is he... Why does he care? Why is he interested in cricket I, I at all? I think we just blame John Nathan Turner, who decided that a cricket outfit would look good on Peter Davison. Yeah. Uh, oh, Peter Davison! I'll go back to Rowan in a minute, but, but the other thing is, though, I mean, when the Sixth Doctor suddenly declared that he loved fishing, nobody sort of think, well, that's funny. I don't remember the Doctor fishing before, but... Um, no, Four Doctor did in Androids of Tara. Four Doctor had occasionally fished. Really? Right. Yeah, Android to Tara. To Android to Tara. Uh, and of course, the sport that the third notch had was, uh, was it Venusian uh, karate or something? Right. Aikido. Venusian uh, Aikido. Rowan, thank you. Rowan, Rowan, we didn't, I didn't, you, your voice came underneath people again, I'm sorry. Do you want to just say what your thought was? Oh, um... I really had no thought about um, I, I, cricket and uh, Doctor Who was very much big. I remember just in fandom in general, everybody was like in the 80s, kind of like, ooh, cricket, can we play that here? And uh, in Tri-Series, it's kind of like, oh, where is there a cricket match or cricket field or where can we get cricket equipment to even play? And uh, <laughs> it, uh, it was always pretty interesting trying to get uh, anybody together to to do something like that, but I know we had, especially in New York City, there was a couple of uh, groups around who loved to play cricket after watching Doctor Who and in the club meetings. So it's like, um, but you're right. You know, the Sixth Doctor seemed to mention cricket a bit more than even the Peter Davison did. Right. Okay. Another game that comes to mind, which is sort of not similar, but it involves a. A, a, a bat of some sort and a ball is croquet. Now, whether you would call, we, we've just heard right at the beginning, I think, about um, the remake of Alice in Wonderland. I think somebody mentioned that in the news. Uh, and of course, there's, whether that's classed as science fiction or not. But of course, the, 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 that game features quite heavily croquet in that. Of course, using uh, uh, flamingos or whatever it is instead of bats. But uh, does that come under the category of sport and sci fi? Or is that just fantasy? Anyone? Mm. Or are we scratching at... Uh... <laughs> I guess I just okay. wouldn't call croquet a sport so much as a game. But, you know. <laughs> okay. Right, I'm, I'm looking down my list of ones that um, that I had referred to. Um, I think we briefly mentioned the fact about um, Angel being in sports and uh, Wolverine and Dark Angel... And we mentioned the last Starfighter. Um, what about the other one that I don't think we've mentioned yet, and that's Spider-Man, because apparently before Spider-Man decides he's going to uh, don his costume, doesn't he start having a go at being a wrestler? Oh, yes, initially. Yeah. Could that would, Is that a big enough connection to warrant uh, an inclusion here? 
Sure, but the thing is, you know, again, this is something very common, just as we already talked about how many times it's happened in sort of science fiction, pure science fiction, that, there, you know, your hero eventually gets involved in some kind of fight, whether it's boxing or kickboxing or jujitsu or whatever. Um, it's certainly common in uh, comic book superheroes that they almost all eventually end up in some kind of ring. And there's usually something shady going on. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it's like, a lot of times it's more the female superheroes who get in the ring because, you know, they can wear the skimpier outfits or whatever. But still, almost every superhero at some point or another has gotten into a ring. That's one thing. Did, did they ever do that with Wonder Woman? Oh, yeah. Wonder Woman? How about robots in uh, sports? What? Uh, robots How robots in sport? are used to replace oh. people playing sports? Oh. Well, that's yeah, was alive doing uh, one sport, didn't they? Yeah. It's sort of implied in Attack of the Clones when they go into the bar. There's uh, a video that's playing in the background that looks like it's robots playing some version of football. But yeah, and of course mild. we're not going to go there because this is a family show. But we could include Gigolo Joe from. Uh, uh, AI, but uh, we won't go there now. No. Okay. <laughs> so, um, pretty much, um, I mean, we've pretty much exhausted my uh, list. If anybody else has any ideas, fine, but, I mean, we may need to, to talk about uh, the... T- well, actually, Darth, you suggested the add a little... Uh, I have a game. Yeah, let's go with that. As long as Benjamin is here, because I think he'll appreciate this game. You know, I have to say, of the um, television science fiction, Star Trek is like really pro sport. I mean, virtually every major cast member of Star Trek has been identified as playing some kind of sport. Most of them not, you know, particularly science fictional sport. Most of them actual real-life human sports. Well, so... Yeah, if you, if you got the, it's a military organization for the most part, and it's helpful for the military if your people are in relatively good physical shape. And sports can keep people in better shape because they're more physically active. And blow exactly. So, bearing that in mind... Uh, we'd go through the various major characters, and I will call them out and ask a question about it, and then we'll see if we can get somebody in the room to answer the question. We'll see how well this goes. Who knows? Um, first of all, I suppose let's start with the easy thing and start with our captains. Um, who can name for me at least one sport that the captains played? Football. Picard, horse riding. Didn't okay, question. Cisco um, baseball. That's on, kind on. of that's kind of um, um, a uh, um, loaded question since in the 23rd century all sports have been outlawed. So, uh, <laughs> what? Kirk did not. There you go. <laughs> Kirk did not play any sports. Uh, they have mentioned many times in Star Trek in the 23rd century, sports have been outlawed. No, really. No, yes. they haven't. That's that's totally crap. No, no, no. They're still having Olympics in, in Star Trek times. What was that about football? 
I'm still sticking what? with football as my answer. What? From who? For, I think I would say um, Kirk. No. Wrong? Excuse me, what? what yeah. It mentioned the Olympics. Right. Um, Deep Space Nine has mentioned the Olympics. Um, yeah, Baseball's I'll go with around. that. I'll go with them. Yeah, baseball's still around, although it's an ailing sport, but it's still yeah. around. Um, it's, it's it's clearly not. Sports are not outlawed. There's, uh, as we'll go through this, you'll see that probably in no way. Paid athlete, they're probably not paid athletes because they've outlawed money. Uh, they don't use yeah. money, so it's not First a profession, contact. maybe. That's a debatable point as well because you got, you've got credit. I mean, obviously the Fringe are getting some kind of payment of something. So. Gold crest Bars of Latinum. That's true. Um, but what? So what have we got for Kirk? Fencing. Would that be? Would that mm. count? Well, fencing does count, but he's not really a fencer. Okay. Womanizing. No. <laughs> Womanizing should Womanizing. count. <laughs> 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 yeah, girl watcher. <laughs> anyway. Well, football's out. How about uh, running, like track? You're 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 closer here in that it's not really a. Um, an organized sport in the sense of uh, there being a team. It's much more of an individual thing for Kirk, which well, kind of makes sense. Ho- he was on a horse as well because the two Exactly, captains. yep. He is, he's absolutely an equestrian. He also has another big sport, if you can think back to the awful Star Trek V. Mountain climbing. Uh, Star Trek V. Mountain climbing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I was to remember the I need to find that, that now. Yeah. <laughs> Something about Picard. making love to the rock or something. Horrible. <laughs> <Well>, <laughs> making love to something, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. And Picard, we've got down, obviously, as uh, an equestrian as well. But what else for Picard? I don't know, but the, the one thing that surprised me about that, where, where they ha- it would take his real saddle onto the holodeck. So he's riding, you know, a holodeck horse, but he was still right. taking his real saddle Shots into at. it. Right. But so he's a, he's an equestrian too. But what else is Picard? Big thing for him. Olympic sport for him. Well, archaeology, but that's not really archaeology. Boxing? No, no. He plays that that other girl archaeologist he meets. Doesn't he play a game with her, like a, a sort of uh, squash game? He did. He did fencing. He did fencing. Yeah, fencing's the other really really big one for Picard as well. I don't know about that thing that you just said, Dave, but um, those the big the big. You know, when he goes to that leisure world, in leisure world, and he has this um, this this Oscar-looking yeah. type of thing, and there's that girl archaeologist. I'm sure I'm sure they uh, they found a way of playing some sport on that leisure planet. I thought it was some sort of game of squash or something. I don't recall that, but uh, because it was possible. there. It's po- I mean, the, certainly the things that are shown to exist in more than one episode are the fencing and, and horseback riding. Right. What about Janeway? Janeway's kind of a tough one. I, I've been trying to think of a sport for her since the start of the yeah, show, and I can't. She plays a game with Delana Troyer. Um, uh, the, the, they have a competition. It's either Delana Troyer or Seven of Nine, and uh, right. you know, even though she's older, she's, with skill she beats them. It's one, yeah, it's one of these where you're throwing these boomerang type things. Right. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know the name of the sport, but it is. It. She's the only one of the major ones that has a sort of Star Trekky 
sport. Like, I mean, it's an yeah. invented kind of sport based on something. Yeah, was was that the uh, one with the phaser and you had to shoot these like spots of light? Oh, that's right. That yeah, like pigeon shooting almost. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sort of. And and she's also, I mean, and you can debate whether this is a sport no, or not, not. But uh, wow, that's really <laughs> somebody clicked the link that I sent. <laughs> wow. It turns out she's actually a a ballerina as well, which, you know, that is, it's certainly physically active, whether it's a sport is another matter. Now, Cisco, Cisco's easy because we know baseball, but what's the other thing that he does? Cisco. Does he do darts like just about everyone else in Deep Space Nine, or is he (laughs) not a darts player? He is not a darts player, no. A sailor? No. It's something that he's particularly shown to do with Q. Boxing. Boxing. Exactly. He is Punch a pugilist. Q. <laughs> exactly. And then what's, what's Archer's... Said boxing. One time I should have said boxing. It's in, it's I, know. <laughs> I know. What, what's boxing Archer's thing? Oh. Archer was championship dog walker. No. <laughs> but he was a champion athlete. Exactly, water polo. He, he is a champion water polo player. He's probably hey, the, well. <laughs> the most athletic um, in terms of organized sports of any of them. So there you go. Those are, those are your big basic ones. But now, I mean, here's, here's things that you wouldn't think of. What's a whore's deal? And this, and this goes back to Olympics. She's one of two sort of Olympians. Gymnastics, was it? Nope. Track. Track, yep. She All right, is I got a, one right. Now I can go she, happy. <laughs> right. I'll see you guys. Have a good day. See you. <laughs> bye, Rowan. Right. Bye-bye. Yeah, award-winning at the 100-meter dash, apparently. Now, who? what character, and it's not from the original series, but what character is um, also has an I'll Olympic... Just, I'll just say I've got to go because it's being human in 30 minutes. So okay. Disappear. Thanks, bye, Tim. guys. Have a good show. Okay, bye. Bye. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Most grounding human. Bye. Right, Dad. Go on. What, aside from Uhura, who's the only other Olympian in the, the major cast? No. Sulu. Hmm. Well, he's a fencer, isn't he? He's a fencer, but he's not an Olympian. All oh, right. Well, chess, it must be Chekhov. Chess, is it? Chess isn't an Olympic game. No. <laughs> Tyler in the uh, Rose up first episode mentioned that she was a B-level oh, in gymnastics. Okay, we're talking Star Trek here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're talking about actual Olympic, not not Olympic sport, but an actual Olympian. Oh, hang on. There was the security officer girl, the one that got killed by the black tar. Natasha Yar, wasn't she uh, an Olympic? Because she had to play that game to the death, and she said that, you know, she was. Well, she she's very skilled in um, kickboxing, but as to whether she was an actual Olympian, it's kind of vague. But that's good yeah. that you remember. Yeah, she's definitely a kickboxer, and she was she regularly uh, did kickboxing on the ship and and won. I don't know. They had a betting pool, but, you know, apparently there's no money, but maybe there is. Who knows? Dart. Poker matches. Yeah. Dart. Is it Dr. Crusher? 
No, she's your tap dancer. She's probably no. Tell you what, it's okay. uh, it's it's, it's somebody who is on the show but kind of isn't. Um, it's Dax. Oh, it's Dax, but it's not ah. Gen Zia Dax. Oh, it's okay. Emily Dax, one of her earlier hosts, the host that fell in love with Leonard McCoy. There's a little right. trivia there for you. Um, uh, she was a gymnast, wasn't she? She she was an Olympic gymnast. She was a gold medal gymnast. So, um, what sport do all members of the Enterprise crew, that is the original Enterprise, the NX01, what sport do they all play at one in one episode? Is that the poker game? Or is that the, uh, is that the next, next generation, generation where they play poker? Well, that's next generation, and that's not a sport. <laughs> Darn it. Oh, the Archer team. Yeah. Which one did Captain Archer's crew play? Yeah. Uh, All of them? Because the, the only game I can think of that anybody played was uh, one on the desert planet, and that was um, um, Trip and him played a sport. Yeah, they they did, but that's just those two, and... I mean, the, the implication of this particular scene is that this is something that they regularly do to um, blow off steam or whatever. We don't really find about it until much arts? later, not until the fourth season. What's that? Isn't that martial arts? No, the martial arts thing, interesting, is of another crew, and we'll talk about that. But there is another crew that most of them participate in a form of martial arts. No, I think we're a bit stumped. Anybody well, before Darth comes up with it? Give you a hint, first with a B. Very common game. Baseball? Not so much. That we know Basketball? to be the sport. Basketball? Basketball. No. Absolutely, yes. There, right. there, is a, there is a point in the Vulcan arc of um, Season 4 in which it's clearly shown that they rope off one of the little storage bays and they play basketball and apparently Phlox is the most accurate thrower of them all. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we mentioned martial arts. What was the show that actually um, had most of its members performing a form of Tai Chi? Wasn't that one next point? Generation. Next, next generation. Right, exactly. It's next generation. And who's the, the leader of the Tai Chi group? Worf. 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 Very good. Anybody know the name of the martial art? Oh, God. <laughs> For extra points? I don't know. All I remember him with is he had that special ceremonial sword thing with a with like a uh, like an axe at one end and like a oh, like a, a bow with a, yeah, uh, a long knife on it. Right, and and he was a champion batleth uh, uh, competitor as well, but um, that was something quite separate from this. I think they it started the, with a K. I forget. Well, most things do, except not this one. This one is uh, Makbara. Um, which was shown to be something that not just he, but uh, Crusher, Troy, um, LaForge, and Riker all enjoyed at some point or another. That's a tough one. Um, Yeah. There, that's the point. These sports are in these science fiction. I've just done a loud chat for Guest 13. Welcome, Guest 13. We're pretty much on through our topic, which today 
the Cult Collective are talking about on Super Bowl Day, sports in sci-fi. And is that the end of the quiz, Darth? Are we... I suppose it could be. No, I like, Or if anybody wants any more questions, I've got more questions, but it could yeah. be if we're, if we're exhausted. No, yeah, let's no, go on. Me. It's fun. All right. Um, what then is... Um, um, what's the... Uh, well, okay. N- name two sports. Two, three. Name three sports that O'Brien and Bashir have played together. Racquetball is one. Racquetball is one. Darts is another. Darts. Tabo? What's that? They played Tabo? Tabo's not a sport. Darts. Gambling. Gambling's not a sport. I was just thinking about that. Racquetball? Racquetball's already been said. So we got racquetball and darts, and we're just looking for the third. The third one. Baseball. Can, baseball, yeah. Canoe, canoeing is whose sport? Uh, I believe it was um, 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 O'Brien. Yeah, it's O'Brien's sport. Um, what's the deal with Bashir, though? Is he... Uh, well, I mean, the, the thing we know about Bashir is, of course, that he's good at every sport because he's oh. genetically enhanced, and therefore he's sort of... Uh, throughout. We find out eventually that he's sort of holding back and... It really makes O'Brien mad, naturally. Um, what's uh, Kira's sport? Ooh. It's a Bajoran one. Oh, God. <sighs> yeah. Swimming? No, 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 not swimming. We never see her do that. We don't see many of these people swimming, except for maybe Archer. But even that's sort of implied to have happened not on the ship. Right. No, pass. Well, this was a spring ball, which is really weird. It's kind of like pyramid in the in the sense that nobody actually made up rules for it. So therefore, at different points, it's apparently played differently. Um, there there appears to be a version where only two people can play, and a version where only four people can play, and it kind of involves something like handball, but we don't really know how it's scored or much of anything, but she does at one point go to a, um, actually two points, she goes to some sort of match involving them. And it looks vaguely that's, interesting. That's what happens when you have two writers in different episodes using the same concept. Right. Yeah, and they don't they don't check their notes against each other. Now, um, one of the, the, I guess the first sport that Star Trek The Next Generation introduced into the Star Trek canon was this thing called Parisi Squares. Um, and it was never defined, really never defined. You only saw people going you know, to the holodeck to play it or coming away from the holodeck after having played it or going to the doctors after having played it and said, wow, that was a really rough game of Parisi Square. Nobody knows oh. exactly how it's played or what it's about. But name two people who are known to be really good players of Parisi Square. Uh, Riker and Riker. the Crusher. The, enge- the engineer one. Uh, uh, not so much Crusher. Not not really good. No. I mean, he was he was. You're talking about Wesley. He was uh, learning how to play it, I suppose, at, over the objections of his mother. But Riker. Riker definitely is somebody who who was a really good player. But there's somebody else who was um, in the academy at least supposed to be. You know, championship level. He won three years in a row, whatever the the competition was involved. Oh, with. that's uh, Terry Wharf. That is 
not Worf, but I heard it in the background there. It is Harry in fact, Kim. It is Harry Kim, indeed. Oh, right. Now, aside from well, motorsport... That's your stuff, yeah. right? What's the mm-hmm. one where Worf goes to win this... Uh, there's an episode where he goes, and he's, it starts with him coming back, having won this competition, yeah, this championship tournament. This is Batlet competition. Yeah, right. Parallels yeah. is the episode. Yeah, it's really oh, good. Oh, that's episode. what the uh, the text was, Aubrey. Sorry. Right. Now, what? Um, obviously, uh, Paris and Kim from Voyager are, um, you know, supposedly best friends, and they they play a lot of things together. We know that they at, at one point have uh, a lot to do with motorsports together, um, and they you know build the flyer that they yeah. use in various things. But what? Um, completely ordinary, completely normal 20th century sport. Um, do they play together? Baseball. Well, they, nope. Well, they play a fictional science fiction, don't they? They do a, you know, um, a black that's, where they go in the black and white. Sure, but that's not a game. I mean, that's a sport. Right. Pretty cool. Ooh, Arguably, sports. You're right. You're right. I suppose we could. Yeah, vaguely that is on ESPN. So yes, but I, I'm thinking about an actual physical sport, like an unambiguous sport, team sport. Squash, then something like that. Not so much squash, which isn't a team sport. Uh, volleyball? Mm, not really. No, I I think that they were at one point seen in a holodeck where volleyball was being played, uh, but not. I mean, they actually take the time to reserve time on the holodeck to go and play this sport, and they have a program dedicated to it in much the same way that um, you know yeah. uh, other people would reserve with, time. The only thing I the can think of is billiards, but I'm, they don't think I would count. That's the night. I, 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 I was yeah, yeah. I was thinking about billiards. I suppose does count in the sense that you know it is something that is broadcast on ESPN, so it's I guess a sport. But I'm thinking here about a, you know a team sport, a physical, actual sport that you regularly. Will okay, see on we TV. give up. What? Yeah, yeah. Ice so. hockey. Ice hockey of all things. I said hockey. Ice hockey, indeed. Very weird. Right, now, half a point there. <laughs> Now, most of our characters are seen as being definitively athletic in one way or another. They have a sport that they follow or play or whatever. But there have been a few Star Trek main characters who are positively shown not to be athletic. Now, discounting Data and uh, the Doctor, the holographic Doctor, arguably don't need to exercise in any way. Um Name a character that explicitly is not athletic whatsoever. Uh, Bones McCoy. Um, don't. I, I, I. He's not shown to play any sports, but as to whether he has explicitly said something along the lines of "I don't like to play sports," I don't think he has ever done that. And certainly, he's trim enough that you think, well, he's got to be doing some sort of calisthenics or something. I mean, he's a doctor. He wouldn't completely well, well, divorce himself. Well, one that was very, one that was very fit, but uh, didn't seven of nine originally not play sports because she thought it was inefficient use of her time. And it was only when Jane Way told her to do it, you know, to 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 be 
to embrace it, to uh, remind herself that she actually did it. But at first, wasn't she opposed to uh, doing sport as being a waste? I certainly will give you that one. There's How another one as well. Spock? Um, no, Spock is shown to... Um, I mean, not Spock himself, but the whole Vulcan mythology and ideology and philosophy is shown to have within it um, Vulcan, for lack of a better word, um, uh, martial arts. Like, the actual neck pinch is a part of uh, Vulcan martial arts, as later is described in Enterprise. And we Did see Black the, ever do sports? Uh, again, we that she's another one where we don't know specifically. Um, we don't have any record of her doing a sport, but she hasn't specifically said. Neelix? No, I don't. Neelix. Neelix. I don't yeah. know. Possible. I don't really recall a, a definitive statement for him either. What about Scotty? Uh, Drinking. Again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drinking. I mean, with him, who knows? Again, we're, I'm thinking of... Oh, ...has said, no, I'm really not, I don't like to do that. Barkley. Barkley, yeah. Possible, oh. not a regular, but possible, but I don't really... I don't know. I don't think he specifically ever said, no, I don't like to do sports. Could infer that well, because probably people he doesn't like... Um, Group sports. Jordy? Oh, definitely uh, um, did Makbara. Okay. Um. Uh, no, again, Uhura was an Olympian, so no. Yeah. Chapel? Uh, no, she's a minor character. <laughs> Possibly. Deanna Troy, since we're... No, Troy and Makbara as can well. We have because for a while he was a oh, uh, member of the crew. You played sports. <laughs> On all of civilization. <laughs> now I think we have to give. Up, I think we might have to wrap up this because we're we're looking increasingly uh, less geeky as the show goes on here. That's true. <laughs> well, you've definitely got Quark. Quark absolutely is not an athlete. Oh, well. um, and, and specifically, specifically denied the opportunity to play baseball because it was dumb. Oh, so you're going to more than Odo. Uh, you could, you might have said Odo, except Odo. Well, I mean, he was at least. I mean, he's referee. I don't know if mm. that counts. But I've <laughs> never. Umpire. Like the umpire. The other one is Torres. Torres, at least at the very beginning, mm. even though she's quite physical, you know, and and can hold herself in a fight. Torres actually does say at one point early on, I don't really like to get involved in anything having to do with, you know, the traditional sports of my Klingon heritage. At least in that respect, she's denying sports. So there are a few, but they are very rare in, in Star Trek who deny sports entirely. What is amazing is the sheer range of sports that you've been able to to point to and pick out. I mean, uh, as Ben brought up this subject, I mean, he was going to get the wrath if this uh, show uh, went less than an hour. But uh, really, when you start digging, 
the references are there. And uh, thanks for doing that, Daft. Is, is, is there one last question to wrap up on that, or are we done? No, I was just going to say, it is, it is absolutely extraordinary, with Star Trek in particular, just how much sports has been imbued into the show. And we've only touched here, you know, the major characters, but there's much more than that if you, if you look at minor characters, if you look at sort of very incidental things that happen in Star Trek, Lots of sports there. Most of I, I, I think that pretty much every major sport that we know today, you can find at least one character in Star Trek who does that sport, which is interesting. Was there somebody? I seem to remember, uh, and this is not a pun intended, but wasn't there somebody who did archery? And I don't mean archery, of course. Wasn't there somebody? Who oh. did, was it Data that tried archery or something? There is that that whole episode that happens in sort of Robin Hood. Holodeck times, and I, I, there's definitely yeah, there's definitely archery involved there. Whether it suggests that they were actually, you know, practicing archers is another matter. I don't know. Hmm. All right. Oh, but here's an interesting one. One last question before we go: What sport did what completely normal human sport did Worf play as a child? Well, it's going to be something out of character here. Flying a kite or something. Soccer. Uh, soccer, it is. Any points for knowing why he stopped playing soccer? Uh, because he uh, pushed the kid down and uh, made his head bleed. Right. Yeah, the sort of Clark can't reason for not playing right. football because you might hurt somebody accidentally. So there you go. Excellent. Thank you for doing that. I mean, again, it. it Often when we do these topics, topics that we think are such vast topics and so on, um, they almost get out of hand. It's sometimes better when you have what, what seems to be quite a restricted one, and then the more people fire off of those ideas, um, I hope the people who have been uh, listening and not here live, uh, it's probably reminded them of some things, and we'd like feedback. If you go to the Cultum site at cultum.com, uh, there's a... Um, uh, a site where you can give feedback there on one of the pages, um, or if you, put, I think it, I think the email you can do it to either also is uh, 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 Ian Dave at cultum dot com, which is um, not, not an email we check that often. I must admit, but you can always um, send a uh, direct message, a DM message to cultum, of course, which is on Twitter. Okay, well, basically, we've come an hour and 40 minutes. I don't know whether we want to just have a quick wrap, wrap, wrap around the room. And the other thing is, do we need to actually talk about how the way that um, uh, sci-fi and games in sci-fi have spawned the actual um, games that we play? And I don't necessarily mean like Tim said, uh, where when, it, when I said, it, does anybody know of one? Um, he mentioned the, uh, you know, the, the Munchy Men um in, but that was in a gigantic uh, setting, wasn't it? I mean, um, are there any other games that were invented, let's call them off-world games, that are now played? I mean, well, I'm assuming uh, well, that Quidditch is not played dead. yet. Hmm? Well, people have died. I'm, I didn't hear that, I'm sorry. Oh, I said three-dimensional chess. Ah. And I've always that, wondered how to play that. <laughs> Presumably, you can buy it as a, a, an actual game in a box. Are there rules for it? I yes, so. there are. Yes, there are. Excellent. 
Uh, also, um, uh, Ian, there is uh, a bunch of uh, groups here in the United States that do play Quidditch um, and have made it a actual sport and stuff. Uh, Tell me, and how do they play that? I mean, what do they ride on? They they take a broom. They sit on it like a, like you did when you were younger, probably pretending yeah. it was a horse and uh, pretend they're riding on it uh, and run around with it. Um, I saw this once on on uh, a, a sh- I guess it was a news magazine show, and uh, unfortunately I was distracted doing a few other things. So um, uh, like I want to do all the time um but um yeah no i i remember seeing this and it was on what the heck was i think it was on nightline don't quite quote me on that but i think it was was something like that big and um they uh like 100 200 people they said they've gotten together so Right. I mean, I'm sure lots of science fiction films or things have been in, made into like a board game rather than the actual game that's featured in the story. The, the actual program has been made into some sort of, uh, you know, superhero board game of some sort. Uh, anybody else have any contributions? I have contribution? the original one from Star Trek. Wow. <laughs> That'd be a collector's piece, that. Oh, that's a cool board, bro. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually taken it out. Uh, it's been wrapped. So it's like I haven't actually taken it out for fear of uh, damaging it. But it wasn't from the 70s. Oh, cool. Excellent. Okay, well, uh, unless anybody else wants to chime in on that, let's just go quickly around the room. I don't know whether... I'll go with Benjamin first, if I may, because he was still in some concern about losing his... Uh, connection. Anything you want to say relating to any part of today's show, just to to wrap us up with? Well, it does seem, especially from Darth's research, that sports does feature a lot. I think it depends a lot on how much the writer of the story is involved in sports. And certainly with Star Trek, it's clear that a lot of people involved writing the shows like sports. And, of course... Since we're, the Olympics, have, the Winter Olympics, about to hit here, personally, I always liked what Christopher Reeve as Superman did in Superman Three, blowing out the torch more than the Doctor putting the torch in at the 2012 Summer Olympics. I just thought it was a funnier moment. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, um, Mike, Mr. Thor, do you want to uh, have a final word? <laughs> I've been trying to think of other instances of sports and non-sport video games, and I remembered the N64 game Banjo-Tooie, and there there was a version of soccer called Kick Around that, that you had to play for a few uh, jiggy pieces. That was fun. But yeah, uh, yeah, sports and video games that aren't sports games. Yeah, that's pretty much all that I have to wrap up with. Right. Did the last Starfighter become a game? Uh, was it a game before it was a film? Oh. It might have been adapted to a video game. It probably was. I don't remember right offhand. Unless they just reused that title. Okay, uh, Charlie seventy nine. Any any more to add or concluding thoughts? Well, I'll just 
Well, well those two. Just uh, there was that um, Super Nintendo racing game called F Zero. That uh, was one of the first F Zero games that came out. Yes, I love the F Zero uh, Yeah, Captain that was Falcon. a fun game. But, right. <laughs> is that a console uh, game? Sorry, is that a console yeah, game? It. It was, there were versions of F-Zero on Super Nintendo, N64, and GameCube. And people are yeah. waiting for one on Wii, but nothing's been announced. And uh, the other one I was, I was thinking of uh, was from Futurama, was Blurns Ball. Yeah. Other than that, I'm done. Okay, uh, Rowan? Hi, um, I was going to mention... Uh, uh, What's the name of that cartoon? Um, not Futurama, but uh, the original from the 60s. Um, Jetson? The Jets. I mentioned a lot of sports. Right. Uh, can you bring it into mind? The robotic sports, like I was mentioning before. Right. Okay. Right, well, thank you. I'm sorry if... Uh, Occasionally, your voice didn't come through. Uh, uh, it's not done uh, deliberately, I assure you. And uh, thanks for your contributions. So, Rick Wall, yes. do you want, okay, Rick Wall, do you want to finish off your contributions? Uh, no, I, we covered it pretty well. Uh, I want, do want to apologize to um, 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 Darth for arguing with with him. <laughs> okay, that's what the point of the uh, podcast is. Well, that's something you can both look up uh, about whether uh, sports were outlawed or not, but I, I'm sure there were references to it. I think it's more to do with the fact that they weren't professional ones, but uh, maybe, as Mike said, that uh, you know they can exchange... I think it was Mike who said, well, they, they've got to earn the latinum somehow, so maybe not. Um, okay, I think there's just uh, is besides me and Darth. Have I left anybody out? No, because a couple have dropped out. They've had to drop their audio. So, Darth, your final thoughts, please. Well, I I think it's uh, clear, at least to me, that um, the world of science fiction and the world of sport are not as separate as a lot of science fiction fans seem to think that they are. Because, of course, science fiction is largely not written by fans. It's written by authors who do other things and um, we can certainly see within Star Trek that the, the, it's a very common thing to refer to sports and sports are a good metaphor and a good way to tell a story regardless of what genre you happen to be talking about. Um, the thing that is annoying at least to me when talking about science fiction and sport is the apparent need to make a science fictional sport um, instead of just using a completely normal and ordinary sport that we have now. Now, I can understand when you're talking about a non-human society, of course, then you have to do something a little different. But what annoys me is trying to find um, crazy new sports when you're dealing with just future of the Earth. Um, I, I think that there's considerable scope to tell science fictional stories with um, a sports mode, a motif and I hope that uh, there's a lot more done with it. I, I'm a little bit different, I suppose, than Ben in that I quite preferred the doctor lighting the torch than ex uh, Superman extinguishing it. Um, I, I, I hope that sports play an increasing part. I would love to have an actual cricket game. There's a, there's a lovely um, thing in um, 
Doctor Who comic strips, wherein the Doctor gets involved, the Eighth Doctor gets involved in a soccer match, and his companion, his one-off companion for that adventure, is um, a little guy who plays soccer that he just picks up on the field. I would love to have a, a Doctor Who episode that is soccer-based entirely, um, and, and I hope that we can see new science fiction um, stories being told that really do stress the importance of sports because I think a lot of times because they're not in science fictional stories as prominently as they, they might be in just sort of real straight drama. I think that science fiction fans get this idea that sports aren't important um, and that there's something to be laughed at. But if they are included with our heroes actually involved in playing games, I think that that sends a very important message, especially to younger science fiction viewers. I agree 100%. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, um, the the only last thing I can think of is that, uh, and it probably doesn't actually come under the category of sport, and that was uh, one of the film franchises we didn't mention, which is Matrix, which um, basically it's more of a training program, doesn't it, that uh, Theo decide, uh, uh, formulates where you know they're learning to fight in those sort of... Um, separated rooms uh, from uh, and and they learn all the different uh, karate arts and so on and all the skills but I suppose that's skill training rather than sport okay I think uh, uh, as we come up to uh, well over an hour and 50 minutes I think uh, we've done pretty well justice with that uh, Ian we've uh, missed you with uh, Miss Romana but I think we've coped reasonably well I think um we're just about one on penalties there. So uh, with that, I'm going to thank the uh, collection we've got in the room today. Remember, on um, Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on Talk Show ID 54821, the 14th of February, Valentine's Day is celebrated, at least here in the UK. We're doing a love in sci-fi. And uh, I'm sure that will be just as revealing as the uh, the various sports that we've had uh, brought before us today. So with that, I will play the little outro and thank you all for being here. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.